podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This World Cup and now this is Lloyd Williams charging for all he's worth. Oh, it might work for Wales. They're going to score under the post. And it's Gareth Davis who's been one of the stars. Right, welcome to a very special episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast uh, or Attacking Scrum webcast, I guess, as well. We're having a crack at doing this on Facebook Live for you. So if you're listening to this uh, in the morning, um, depending on how this goes, we're going to have a have a go at this a few times and, and see if people are, are up for it. And joining me to do that um, is a man who is probably the biggest technophobe in the world. So uh, I've had to do all the uh, the setup for this, but let's see how we go. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Jed. Um, would have been nice if you'd given me a bit of a heads up. Uh, I would have put on a slightly better shirt, but um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased that I managed to get to this point, to be honest, because as you know, and you pointed out, yeah, technology is not my strong point. No, well, I thought you'd spend, uh, you'd have spent 10 hours in makeup if, uh, if I'd have given you advance warning, and it's already nine o'clock at night so I thought perhaps it's best just to get you on and then we can have a chat rather than uh, yeah rather than you getting your hair done as well that's a fair point it is right uh the team is out uh for those of you watching online you can see it scrolling across the bottom of of our screen at the moment um but let's have a recap of that team uh right away so starting with fullback Lee Halfpenny Lewis Rees-Samit and uh, Rio Dyer on the wings, George North and Max Llewellyn in the centres, and then half-backs of Gareth Davis and Sam Costello, and then a front row of Corey Domachowski, Ryan Elias, Kieran Azarati, second row of Dav Jenkins, Will Rowlands, and a back row of Christians, uh, Jack Morgan, who skippers aside, and Aaron Wainwright, um, and then on the bench, Elliot D. Uh, and then we've got uh, Nicky Smith, Henry Thomas, Ben Carter, Tame Plumtree, uh, and then in the backs, it is Thomas Williams, Dan Bigger, and Mason Grady. So over to you, first of all, Dan. What do you make of this one? I think it's a good good side. Um, And interestingly, you could pick another side totally different to this that would be also pretty exciting. So considering where we've come from, where it was a lot of doom and gloom, who are we going to put out? I'm yeah, quite like the quite like the look of this look of this team, and there's lots to be excited about. A good few unknowns in there, but um, all in all, I'm yeah, it's got my excitement levels higher than they were um, as of last week, which can only be a good thing. Quite a few players I'm looking forward to see seeing. Is it exciting though? Because we simply just don't know anything about who Wales's best team is, and as a result, having not played for a few months, you put this side out. There's lots of young players in there. Is that why it's so exciting, or do we genuinely think that that Gatland might have, have struck on something here? I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. A lot of it is that we just don't know what we're going to see, do we? We don't know how the front row is going to hold up. We don't know how you know, the backs are going to are gonna function. So part of it is, yeah, purely excitement because of that. I, I don't think we can look at it and say Gatlin's, you know, struck on a side that's going to um, gonna test other, other international sides. We definitely can't say that. There's no history, is there? But it's exciting to see different, uh, you know, different players playing. And we, 
we haven't got any other any other options, have we? So it's cliched, but it's going to come down to you know partnerships. You know, there's bound to be some players that are going to have um, you know have big of big moments, and it's already been discussed by Gatland and the coaches, isn't it? Just how impressed they've been with a, a number of, um, I suppose, what players who would have been on the fringe um, are, you know, are in um, are in decent positions now going into this game. So there's a lot, there's a lot riding on it. There is a lot, right? I mean, there's so much riding on it. And uh, we've got some listeners' questions in as well, which we'll take a look at uh, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but I think you've touched on a few things there. It's combinations, I think, for me. That's the bit that um, that I think we'll be we'll be looking at, and, and Gatland will be keen to see how how they go out of some of those key areas. Which combinations do you think are, are potentially the the most fruitful? Oh, fruitful. That's um, in terms of most. Uh, I'm going to change it a little bit. So, in terms of what's going to be most important, um, that front row. And front five really is going to be fascinating, isn't it? How are the Cardiff props going to going to hold up? You know, Domachowski and and uh, you know what's down legend Azarati, um, with Elias, of course, as well. That's a a, a brand new front row, um, huge for them, isn't it? They go well against a very powerful English pack. We know they're going to bring that power game. I, I would say that they're, uh, you know, they're on, they're on the plane, they're on the boat, whichever way we're getting there. Um, nine and ten is a fascinating one, isn't it? I'm really excited to see Costello. Delighted that Gareth Davis is back. How do the, how do those two pair up? How's that gonna, that gonna look? And the centre partnership as well is gonna be, uh, gonna be intriguing to see Max Dwellin, you know, a, a thinking, you know, a thinking twelve but can break, you know, can break the line has caused some of the English sides, you know, difficulty in the past um, alongside George North with that, with that experience. Um, you know, then we can have a look at the back row as well. Lots of question marks over that back row, isn't there? We know individually they're all, they're all very, very good players, but how are they going to gel? Are they going to gel? Are they going to be able to handle the power that England are going to bring? So across the park, you know, it's um, it's a fascinating matchup, isn't it? What what are you most? It's a, what to answer your question. Well, I'm going to throw the question back to you. Who do you think is going to be combinations are going to be most fruitful? I mean, that's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? It is difficult to answer. I think the one that I am really, really keen to see is that front row. Like you said, uh, I've been so impressed in the last couple of seasons with particularly Domachowski. I think he's been like Mister Consistent Cardiff during that time. And essentially, towards the end of that season, has made that number one shirt his own, you know, ahead of ahead of Reese Carey for Cardiff. And he's got the chance to do it for, for Wales now as well. Now, Azarati, again, in the last the last few months of this season, has been so impressive um, with his scrummaging. And, and we all know that Ryan Elias is a scrummaging hooker as well. You know, that's a big, he does a lot of other stuff as well. But that is the part of his game that that's really, really strong. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see how this goes because God knows we need a platform. And I think really this World Cup is going to be about um, is about putting together a, the nuts and bolts of of Test match rugby. You need a firing set piece. Scrum will be a big part of that. We need to see that line out function again, and we know that that's always you know that's all perennially a problem in um, in Welsh rugby. 
Uh, but yeah, that front row is, is the one for me. I'm really intrigued, really excited to see how it goes. And um, and yeah, actually, I'm, ch- I'm chuffed for both those props in particular because, again, they've, they've had to work hard and wait for their opportunity. They've been playing very well for their club. Um, and, and they can scrummage, you know, at club level, they really can scrummage. I'm, you know, I'm by no means, uh, I'm by no means an expert when it comes to scrummaging, but, you know, you've seen the, you've seen the penalties that they've won and the, the platform that they've given Cardiff during certain, um, certain games of the season. So, um, so that, I think that's the one for me. How about yourself? Which one are you most excited? Yeah. Which combinations are you most excited to see? So nine, nine and 10, um, it's a big opportunity for Costello, isn't it? So he's been talked about a lot. Um, I know, you know, good friend of the of the show, Steph talks, you know, very highly of of Sam Costello in terms of his game management. You know, making making the right decisions at, you know, in big games. This is the this is the level at which we haven't seen that seen him make any of those. Uh, those big decisions. He hasn't had the opportunity yet, has he? So it's, it's huge for him. And there's a lot of pressure on what, on, on the 10, um, on the tens, isn't there? You know, big is obviously an absolute shoe in. Um, and at the moment, Anscombe, Anscombe is as well. Yeah. Costello is massive for is him. He, he goes, let's just come back to that, Dan. Is he fit? Um, Gareth Anscombe, do we think he's going to be fit? You know, I think I, there's, there's I think so there's a much... big question mark. Uh, yeah. Is a question mark, isn't there, over his over his fitness? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it could well actually be you know be touch and go. But if we say he's fit, then it's a big op- it's a huge opportunity, isn't it? This for Sam Costello. There's so much riding on it for him, um, and so good to see Gareth back as well. Who who would have thought that? Yeah, he was. You know, he, the Scarlets fans. At one point as well, we're saying he's 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 pretty much uh, cooked now, yeah. Um, but then he just had a fantastic run of games, didn't he? Um, you know, for the Scarlets, worked his way back in, and that's not easy to to do. Um, and I have a feeling he's going to have a big, big World Cup for us. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in the box seat, isn't he? Wouldn't you say? I mean, I, I know we don't know a huge amount about who the, the, the kind of the starting 15 for that game against Fiji is likely to be. Um, but I would say that, that Gareth Davis is probably in the box seat when it comes to, when it comes to starting nine. Yeah, I think he, I think he is at the moment. It's just so great to see him come back from, you know, come back from where he was, which is pretty much, pretty much cast aside. So, you know, that's a combination I'm, I'm really excited to see. The back row intrigues me. So I, have a a good feeling about Wainwright. I think that you know the the longer he's in camp, um, the more belief that that Gatlin can put into him that he is you know you know a big World Cup from him. So how he how he fares up, I suppose, with with Shunza and and Jack Morgan is you know is going to be key to whether or not we can control England as well, or at least you know, sort of limit, limit them to a degree, you know, can, can Jack Morgan get over, get over the ball as we know he can do when he's in the, uh, in the league and is, is Shunzer able to, you know, to be a real force and dot, you know, an enforcer at, at, at six. I know he's, he's going to be, give us a good line option, isn't he? Um, but how are they going to go as a unit? 
Well, this, this brings know. us on to the first of our listeners' questions, actually. This one's from Greg Sherrington. Uh, he asks about the, that back row balance and specifically, is Christians a, uh, what he refers to as dirty enough? Does he do nuts, enough of the nuts and bolts to, to play six? What do you think about, about that one on, on Shunza specifically? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, is he dirty enough? No, I don't think that's, that's his, he's not that type of player, is he? He's not, a, he's not going to be a dirty six. He never, ever is going to be that. Um, I think that he, what he does give us is something different. But, but you know, having him there will be a big help. And, you know, can he, can he effectively carry against England without sort of, I suppose, running up blind alleys as well? And is he going to be able to do enough of the, the grunt work, I suppose, to bring it back to the question? Or, or sort of answer the question, can he do enough of the out-and-out out donkey six work, really, that you know, the likes of Lydia does uh, and just eats and sleeps? He loves it, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised about this kind of, um, you know, thinking that Shins is a bit of a fancy Dan of a six. You know, I don't... Yes, he's very, very athletic. Yes, of course, he offers a line-out option. But, you know, he's a big, big guy, big enough to play second row at... Um, in the English Premiership, uh, I know he doesn't often do that, but I think at some point in his career he probably will. You know, he's the kind of guy who is that classic modern lock six hybrid. Uh, so I, I think he'll get through plenty. You know, he is a big guy to do some ball carrying. Uh, he's got the athleticism that if he makes half a break, he can he can get away. And um, you know, I think he's still obviously still finding his feet at Test level. But I didn't think during the during the Six Nations he was particularly. Um, particularly outshone in that regard. I think I think he's got every chance of being a, a top-class international six. And at the moment, you know, these things go in, they go in waves, don't they, where you have a trend where, you know, you want two fetches, you have a trend where you want a traditional Lydiot-style six, a fetcher and a, you know, big ball carrying eight. And at the moment, the trend is to have one of these locks, you know, lock, lock slash six hybrids. And I think he fits that mould. Um but he will need a bit of refining. He's still raw. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping, again, that with the the extended time that they've got in camp now, they've got a real opportunity to hone a few of those, a few of those rough edges and, and make sure that he's, um, that he's absolutely ready. But at the same time, I think what you can read into the fact that, that Gatland, you know, spoke very highly of him prior to the Six Nations and then, you know, left him out towards the end. And, um, I know there's a couple of kind of personal reasons for that as well, but at the same time, I think he, you know, he wants to see more from Chunza. He will have seen him in camp now, and this is his opportunity to go out and do it in a, in a red shirt. So I really hope he grabs it. I'm massively excited by him as a player. Um, but I think he's still got something to prove to Gatlin when it comes to game time. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think that I agree with you that he got through a load of work in his, in his last few appearances, but it's sort of, it's almost like, is it the work that, we need him to do if that makes any sense at all is it the the classic six work and it 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 isn't i think is the honest answer but it's how he isn't going to be the type of six that potentially where the question is is asking us to answer you know about him i think he he's definitely a good option at six but we're going to have to sort of work around his his strengths and skill set as opposed to trying to maybe make him into a player that he is never going to be. Um, and I think that against certain teams, 
he will function well at six, but against others, he'll be found wanting at the moment. And, you know, I think potentially that could be against, you know, against an English, an English style side that he, that he could struggle. Um, but, you know, I hope I'm going to be, I hope I'm proved wrong on that. And also it's a, such a technical position as well, isn't it? It's, it's hugely technical. I think quite often underestimated as well, what just what a six does. So we need to be, be kind to him. He's going to make errors. He's going to learn and he needs a proper run of games, you know, at six, if not seasons to, 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 to be a six. You can't just become a six from, from a second row. There's no, you, you can't. I know, I know, but I mean, he's playing with, you know, he played a lot of this season with seven on his back for Exeter. Now he's not a seven. It's just that that's the, that was the shirt number he's wearing. I would argue he was probably doing that, doing that role already uh, for, for Exeter. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think, yes. Has he got it all to prove at test level? Absolutely. Has he got all the credentials to be uh, a modern, a modern six? I think, I think he has. And, um, but, but you're right. He hasn't done it. To the to the his full potential yet, but this is no. an opportunity. This is an opportunity to do it, and it's uh, it's an exciting back row. Again, it's one that you know. I think we need to see the, the senior players really step up in this regard, and I would put Aaron Wainwright into that category now. You know, he's uh, he's played a lot of rugby. Admittedly, you know, it's only in the last couple of seasons he's been playing at eight. We've played a lot of Test match rugby. He's a rugby World Cup semi finalist, and you know, I think um, a big game from him, as we've seen. You know when he gets through lots of work, and let's let's be honest, he knows how to play six better than any position in the back row. Um, but I think a big game from him um, will help. I am just a little bit concerned that um, with him playing at eight and Shinza and Shinza at six, you know, you've got two players there who, um, like I say, I think six is Shinza's best position, but I think it's also Wainwright's best position. So you've kind of got a little bit of um, there's not a lot of of experience wearing those numbers at a test match level. And you're relying on Jack Morgan to do a lot of that. And he's also got the, the captaincy to look at as well. So um, I'm really keen to get your thoughts on that, Dan, uh, with regards to the, um, the the Wales captaincy on what we're seeing on Saturday and going forward. Uh, and we're going to do that. But first, we are going to take a very quick break. Right, you are listening or watching to the, uh, the the Attacking Scrum live here with MSG Tours, the official travel agent of Rugby World Cup France 2023. Dan, we were talking just before that break there about the captaincy. Now, there's been a lot of talk about, about Jack Morgan, Dowie Lake, you know, Dan Bigger, various other things. We expect that Gatland is going to to choose three captains across these um, across these three different games. That seems to be the talk. Uh, what do you make of Jack Morgan as a uh, as the the first appointment of ca- as captain? Uh, I think he's uh, an obvious an obvious choice to be given a go at the captaincy. I think I mentioned it probably a year and a half, two years ago, that I could see him being a captain. Um, don't re- don't remember that one. We'll have to we'll have to trawl through the old episodes for that, mate. But I'll take your word for it. Don't don't trawl back too much. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's captain captain the end um, the end of twenties, isn't he? Before. Um, I don't think we've got too many options, Jed, to be honest. Um, and he is, so he is one of the, one of the obvious, you know, the obvious ones to be, to be given a go and look, if he captains well, 
um, he'll be given he'll be given another shot, wouldn't he? Gatlin's come out and said he's going to give uh, a different uh, a, a put a different captain out for these three games. Um, so yeah, obvious one, obvious one for me, and I do hope he he goes well. But there's a lot of responsibility on that back row. Is it going to be too much pressure? Let's see. Absolutely, and yeah, just building on this, as we said there, we had this question in from uh, from Mike Border on Twitter. And he says, Gatlin stated he's going to have three different captains. Who else do we think he's considering? Like I say, I expect, fully expect to see Dowie Lake and Dan Bigger be those, uh, be those three captains. Uh, who do you see, Dan? Yeah, I think those two are, are obvious choices, aren't they? Um, you know, could, could, could Adam Beard feature as a, as a potential captain? I think there's a chance there. He is somebody that gets a lot of stick. A lot of stick for, I suppose, not leveling people as a, or, or you know running through people so aggressively as say an Etzebeth or somebody like that. But what he is is a he's technically the best at what he does, and that's a a, a high functioning line out op defensive line out operator. And you can't just produce those. You 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 sort of are that or you're not. Um, and and his thing is something very very difficult to teach. Otherwise, others would be fantastic at it. So what he does, he's very very good at. Very 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 effective. And yeah, I think he's a he's a possibility as well. Then. Yeah, no, it's a very good shout. And looked a couple of years back as being one of those natural successors. Wasn't he? You know, he's someone who Gatland rated really really highly when he came into the side rated him highly enough to take him on the Lions tour ahead of the likes of James Ryan. Uh, we know that Gatland really, really rates him. Um, but as you say there, his stock kind of uh, seemed to seem to fall off in, in recent times. And, and as you say, kind of gets a fair amount of flack on, on social media at times. But as we keep coming back to, do you think that having this time together to build units and to, and to, to really kind of, get the player's fitness up to scratch and, and all that familiarity of being in camp together. Do you think that's the kind of thing that would help a player like Adam Beers? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that, um, you know, he's a, he's a technical, a technical second row, isn't he? He's a technical player. The detail is, is very important to, to his game. So the more time in camp, the better an Adam Beard we're going to see because of the sort of technical prowess he's got. So, um, and that's linked to obviously combinations as well, so others can feed off how he's gonna how he's gonna operate at certain times. Um, so yeah, definitely somebody else I think Jed as well that is has a good shout for the captaincy and somebody that I personally would like to see would be Will Rowlands. Mm. Yeah, done the done the captaincy gig at Dragons for a little while as well, and um, I mean surely he is one of the first names on the team sheet, and that actually is something that. You can't really say about the other captains. Perhaps Dowie Lake, you could, you could say, but um, really, Will Rollins is one of few who's kind of nailed on to start if he's fit, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's. Well, it would be him and I actually think him and him and Dan Bigger then are, you know, probably at the moment say say shoe ins. Yeah, mm. outside of that, that's 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 it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like I say, I think Gareth Davis is probably um, is probably pretty high on that list just because we've seen Thomas Williams and Dan Bigger play together so many times and it just has not fired really, has it? And you want to see, you know, you're going to need a, talking to half-back combinations, you're going to need to see something really kind of 
um, really click. And I feel like that's something that we've seen loads of times before, you know, and we have, you know, we've seen it at successive Rugby World Cups where that has been the starting nine and 10 axis for Wales. And with Gareth Davis coming back into form, I think he is in a really, really strong position to wear that nine shirt. As big a fan as I am as of, um, of Thomas Williams, they just don't seem to click together. Um, what do you think about those, you know, those two as a, as a combination? Yeah, they know each other really well, don't they? And I think the combinations are, well, uh, combinations are always important, aren't they? But in, in, in the World Cup, they'll know each other as well personally. And I think that's, that's big away from home. And away from home for a, for a large period of time, you've got to be happy. You've got to be comfortable. And it's little things, isn't it, Jed? It's the fact that if they're friends as well, it can make you. You just feel as if you know, you know, you know what the other, you know, what your nine's going to do, which way they're going to go, and the nine knows how the ten's going to go, how they think. They almost need to be thinking, you know, along the same lines uh, and be intertwined at all times. So. I really like a nine and ten combo that know that, that that know each other, like each other, and um, and have sort of mutual respect, which I believe those those two have. So, I, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a really really big combo that we get that nine that nine and ten um, uh, you know combination going. Then it's going to give us such a good platform moving you know moving forward, and it's something we desperately need. Yeah, it is, and and as I say, you know, I think for all of the um, for all of the excitement and and the the enjoyment that, that Thomas Williams um, brings, you know, when he's when he's playing in blue and black, and and to be fair, you know, individual moments of brilliance playing for Wales as well, it just ha- annoyingly has not clicked at nine and ten for those two. And as you say, I think if Bigger's nailed on, which I believe he is, I think the change will come at nine, and I think you'll, you know, Hardy's in with a shout as well, but I think. Um, yeah, for familiarity, Davis and Davis and um, Davis and uh, Bigger will be the likely candidates for when it comes to the Fiji game. And um, let's move I on to this Jed, one. Oh, go on. Yeah, I also think that uh, Gareth Davis's experience as well in big games, you know, key moments. Um, his his communication, his defence, his defence is something that is, you know, he's been the best. He's been the best defensive nine at times in the world. You know, not 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 just Wales in the world. I would say. And we have a va- we have a vastly inexperienced pack, mm-hmm. so the fact that we've got a really experienced nine, just sort of marshalling the troops there, I think could be um, um, you know be very very influential for us. Then, yeah, I, I'd agree on that. I also think that um, as you say, there it's the experience that you know he's he's scored tries and um, at rugby world cups, and they have been. Big, big tries as well. Obviously, the one against England in in 2015. He scored in the the quarterfinal against South Africa 2015. That breakaway try against Australia in uh, in 2019. You know, he has um, he has shown up in big games for for Wales, and um, you know, perhaps doesn't get the the same credit as a uh, as some of those nines of old. You know, we don't perhaps look at Gareth Davis as a Rob Howley or a Dwayne Peel or um, or Mike Phillips or you know, going going further back, Rob Jones and players like that. But um, he has shown up in some big, big games for Wales. And um, when you've got such a young side around you, I think you're right. That experience is, could be absolutely vital. Yeah. And the animal in him as well. You know, he is somebody that is, um, you know, at times a struggle to control his, you know, control his temper, you know, particularly, uh, you know, a younger, a younger Gareth. But he's got a real dog in him then, isn't he? 
Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be really important, important for us as well. Where when we're in a fight, you know, um, he's a nine that is, uh, he's an angry nine then and, um, not somebody you'd want to face. No, absolutely. Let's move on to this one from David Corrigan. Uh, it says, everybody is playing for a seat on the plane, but who has the most potential to cause Gatland a selection headache? He suggests uh, Sam Costello. Uh, who do you think, Dan? I th- I agree. I think Sam Costello is... If he go- goes well Saturday, then, yeah. If he doesn't go well, there's no, he- there's no headache. Um, if he goes well, then, uh, you know, are we... Yeah, what do we what do we do with the tens? Um, you know, who 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 misses out? So he's one um front row, you know, Domachowski, um or you know, it's probably gonna be Kelmsey, isn't it? So one of the one of what well, those two is gonna miss out, yeah. Um Kelmsey, is it now? Yeah. Kemsley Matthias, Kemsley Matthias. So as you think he probably prefers to be known. Yeah, that's that. That's it. Yeah, you're filling you're filling in the mighty Murphs role there. We did have that comment in from uh, from Gareth Davis, the listener, who said uh, who said no mighty Murph tonight. So I think you're doing that, performing that Murph role of getting the name wrong there, mate. So good on you for that. <laughs> just in just in case anyone's playing Murph Bingo. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, uh, there we go. And uh, make sure we get his name right now. Uh, Azarati as well. I think that's, he's, you know, those two have been talked about quite a lot, haven't they? In the, in the, you know, in the, uh, in the press. So those two are obviously showing up and training really, really well. And they're going to be causing headaches because, you know, Gatland always says, you know, we, everyone's going to give them the opportunity, but of course they've got, they'll have a team that they think is going to be roughly. And then, you know, players show up and train really well. And then cause cause headaches, and it's you know there's going to be there'll be some difficult conversations at this point. You know if they if they if that front row goes well on on Saturday against England, it's that's about as tough, you know that's about as tough a pack as you're going to face. So they go well, then others are going to miss out. I tell you what's interesting. Now we don't know what the England side is at the moment. Uh, that hasn't been named yet. It may you know it'll probably be coming out. Um, thereafter and you know if you're listening to this in a in a couple of days time you may well uh, already know that team but one thing I think is interesting is this is very much a, a scrummage in front row as we said you know we're, we're looking to see if these players can um, can cut the mustard scrummaging wise at, at test match level in the in the front row obviously we know we know Elias can um I think that's one area that England have England have struggled with really and um you know yes Genge and Sinclair are, are, are top class internationals, but I wouldn't say that you know that they've set the world alight with their scrummaging and at times have have come under pressure. Um, and there's not a lot else really. You know, there's you know England will be going back to Dan Cole maybe. They could be looking at um, um, a, a few other players on the loose. You know, maybe Joe Marler coming back in. Um, it'll be really really interesting to see what. Um, what they opt for in that in that front row, but I wonder whether that this this could be an op- this could be an opportunity for um, for these boys to really you know put a marker in the sand. And, and you're right, I think a good scrummaging performance and um, that this this has to be probably number one on the list of things that we have to sort out ahead of the World Cup is we have to find a functioning scrum uh, to get to get out of that pool. And um, you know I think these players these two these two props have got every chance of um, of helping do that. 
subject to you know subject to them being able to make the make that step up yeah they 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 have and you know murph it would have been great to have murph um on to talk about the english front row because he does he regularly says doesn't he that, that england and he's right they don't pick their best scrummaging front row they pick they pick you know good ball players loose you know they're loose they're good around the park um so i i still think they're you know they're a tough a tough unit then to scrummage against but i i want us to to really go for them to go after them in the front row and you know with with elias being a you know a, a really good you know sort of scrummaging hooker and sort of destructive hooker there as well with um you know domachowski and 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 azarati i think is a really good opportunity for us to have a go at them um and put and put a marker in the sand that we can you know that we can scrummage and just how good would it be to have a proper scrummaging unit uh from from wales you know something that we've been crying out for for so long um we don't know whether we're going to see it but it'll be really good if we do yeah no i don't, i think it's um as you say a big big opportunity for these guys just to go back to that headache um that kind of selection headache it ties into the the point about captain for me i'm I'm really intrigued to see um, to see how this goes because he obviously rates Jack Morgan very very highly. I think he probably is the um, is the number one candidate for wearing the seven shirt um, in that Fiji game. Um, but I just I'm, yeah I'm really really intrigued to see because I think if if him and Lake both go well and they both captain well, um, that's that's a big deal. You know, do you go in with two with two captains um, and then if you do. Only one of them is going to captain on the day, and um, so I don't know. I think it's it that that for me could be um could be a bit could be a bit of a headache, um and that for me is probably why I'm edging towards Derry Lake as being captain because I think he's more likely to um to have his to have his shirt um you know to, to kind of wear that number two shirt and and as a result be the be the um the captain. But again, I think yeah, I think you know Jack Morgan's got every chance of causing a headache here as well. Gallon's a big fan though, isn't he, of Elias? Yeah, yeah, and you know, and obviously, um, uh, Pivak was before and after him. Um, so you know, he is yeah, he's rated, but I think particularly in the you know in the scrummaging, we know he's had his problems at at line out time, and we know that that's a unit issue as well, and it's not all down to the hooker, but that's been the area where he struggled. Struggled, mm. but he does do a lot around the park at the breakdown and um and scrummaging wise, he's he's very very good. Uh, yeah, but, problem we've got, yeah. Jed, haven't we? Is that there we have to pick a number of captains because we don't know how these good they're 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 all good players aren't they you know jack morgan terry lake um but are they do they function in the position they're in with with the other players around them that's the, that's the problem gatland is is basically saying we've got without saying it so uh, you know, we could well find ourselves that someone someone else has to play seven because the blend just doesn't work. So we're trying to shoehorn, you know, we can't shoehorn Jack Morgan into the back row, move him around because he's he's an outstanding player, but it just doesn't work with the back row that we've got because we, you know, we haven't got, you know, for instance, a, a classic six or so. And then the front row as well, does the front row function? Derry Lake's a great player. They're great players, aren't they? But it all comes down to that balance uh and and the and the unit and that's why it's so hard isn't it the easier option i think for him would be to pick one of the second rows 
Yeah, this is true. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just gauging this on the mood music of there being a lot of talk about there being a young captain um, being appointed. I'm also gauging it on the fact that I refuse to move on from 2011 and this is just an opportunity to relive it by having a young captain lead, uh, lead the side out at a World Cup. Um, the thing we've said before is that I think you do, you know, we are, I mean, would, would you say we have any world-class players at the moment? Based on current form, Toby. Current, I, and he, and that's a fitness worry, which we'll probably go into in a minute. But um, I, I don't think you can say that any players are currently, you know, in the best two or three in their position in the world um, at the Wales team. I would, I would say, I would say Toby is probably the only one. Yeah, probably at the moment. Yeah, on. Yeah, on four. I mean, I I think you know, bigger, bigger's a. I suppose they're world class, world class operator, isn't he? But on on form at the moment, yeah, I still put bigger in there. But um, okay. possibly, yeah, that... you know, possibly, uh, you know, possibly George North in the, you know, in 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 the in the centre. But I think yeah, it depends on what you're maybe on, not. on what you're, on what your um on what your definition of world class is, right? You know, so for me, it's are you in the best two or three in your position in in the world, you know, yeah. can you, no, um, no. no, yeah, the, you know, um, then I don't think, I don't think we have any other than, like I say, I think, I think Toby would still fit that mold when he, when he plays his best. Um, so given that, you know, and in previous world cups, we have gone in with, with world-class players, you know, you look back four years ago, um, you could put Jonathan Davis into that mold. You could put that version of Alan Wynne Jones into, um, into, um, into world-class status, um, you know, there was a, a lot more than there is around now. So what I think we need is we just need, we need to be looking at a few X-factor players who might make that step up like Warburton did in 2011 and stepped up from being a prospect to, wow, this guy can really take it to the best in the world on his day. And I think Lake is in that bracket. Um, I think you've got to go with him as uh, as Hooker, you know, as, as reliable as Elias is, you know, as experienced as Elliot D is. I think you've got to go with Dowie Lake for, for that reason. And I, and I think he can do the captaincy as well. I think he, you know, he will be a very no nonsense lead by example. Um, I think Jack Morgan will be, is an ex, will be an excellent captain as well. But like you say, it kind of means if you pick him, you've got to, you've got to play him. And for me, I want a balanced back, back row. Um, and I would like to see Raffle get an, get an opportunity because I think he's got some absolute, you know, he's just a, he's just a terrier um, around the breakdown as well. So, um, that's for me why why Lake is the, is the best choice. But as I say, to bring it back to uh, to David Corrigan's point, that there are going to be these selection headaches. Yeah, there are. I mean, I, I yeah, see, I wouldn't go with Derry Lake. I'd go with Will Rowlands. But yeah. um, uh, and I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Jack Morgan. But I I he's a he is a phenomenal player. Um, but I, I agree, we might need to make a change at at at, at seven there, and then what what do you do? do you you, know, you you drop your skipper. So mm. um, I certainly wouldn't rule out Elias starting. You see, so I, I it's it's so difficult, isn't it? Hence why why Gatlin's doing what he's doing. He does he doesn't know. Yeah, I think that I think that is it, isn't it? Um, I think as long yeah. as we don't end up with that. Do you remember? Was it two thousand and seven where Gareth Jenkins appointed? There was about six captains, wasn't there, going into the uh, or yeah. five captains going into the tournament, and which never sat right with me at the time. Um, and I hope there are no more parallels between that tournament and uh, 
and how Wales end up playing. Let's take another look at, um, at a different listeners' question now. This one, um, this one is about fullback. Before we get the question, Lee Halfpenny wins his hundredth cap on uh, on Saturday. How excited are you to see that, Dan? Really excited, yeah. Um, there's nobody. There's no bigger bigger fan is there than Lee Halfpenny than me. Uh, I think that he Lee Halfpenny staying fit will be the the difference between how far we progress or not. That's how much um, uh, I I put on him um, being, you know, I think he's absolutely key to this campaign. Um, Every game pretty much is a must-win game and we need to limit our our error, our error count. And he is the the person to limit those errors with – everything that he that he pretty much pretty much does so he for me is absolutely critically important to how far we go in this uh this world cup well this is interesting let's bring it back to the question from the listener so this one again from uh, on twitter from ross dancy uh do we see any surprise change from the old guard at fullback or still half penny and williams now you are essentially suggesting that half penny is going to be the, the starting fullback throughout the world cup then for, for for me, yeah, in the in the in the in the big and key games, I would go with uh, with half penny at fullback. So yeah, I mean, this it's really interesting because obviously we know what he's done in the past, um, but he's currently unattached. You know, doesn't have doesn't have a club. Um, not that I'm saying that matters for this one, but it, it's just an interesting position that he that he finds himself in, unattached. But you think that you know he's got enough credit in the bank that. Um, that obviously I know you would you would pick him at fullback. Do you think Gatland is going to as well? Yeah, I think if he if he performs well and he's training really well as well and he's fit, then you know, then then yes. Um I really do. Gatland's a massive, massive fan of his. And you know, I think that even if he isn't sort of you know, he's lost a little bit of that sort of attack inside of his, you know, of his game. You know, positionally, um, is kicking is kicking out of hand. His, you know, positional play, not just to, to to regather the ball, but actually what he does for that pendulum in the in the, you know, linking the the wingers in, is just really really important. Even more so at the moment because the side is so inexperienced. So you know, he'll even have an, he'll even he'll have an effect on the forwards, knowing that half pennies, you know, half pennies behind us. You know what's happening behind. Uh, often has an influence what's happening in front and just the comfort that that will provide the side is will be significant I feel yeah look, I mean you make um you make a valid point for me it just all comes down to to what version of Lee Halfpenny we're going to get and um firstly he's done incredibly well to, to make 100 caps and you know we know he's had horror injuries throughout his career but that one a couple of seasons ago against Canada I really thought we'd we'd struggle to ever see him come back again mm. and it was it kind of yeah I think it was Canada but it, it slipped under the radar a bit because it was um in the middle of the Lions tour and and everything else but he's done incredibly well to come back and, and make that 100 caps and um, I think to answer Ross's question it is half Penny and Williams who will go on the plane I think just for that just for that experience I would argue that I think Liam Williams is probably the um is probably ahead in terms of uh, in terms of who will play just because again you've got every bit 
every every bit of the same amount of experience. I know Halfpenny, you know, technically does have a bit more experience, but you know, you're talking about a, a vastly experienced Test match player. He gives you that same security under the high ball. Yes, he doesn't have the same the same kicking game, but he's he's got a very good kicking game, and we know that he offers an attacking threat as well. So I think I think Liam Williams will go in as favourite to wear 15. Um, but Halfpenny, I fully expect to be in the squad because of the, you know, obviously injuries and everything else permitting because of that experience that he brings. And uh, I think there's, there is probably a degree of having that cool head around the camp. I don't think you can afford to carry players, but I think, you know, knowing that if there were an injury to, to Liam Williams, he, could, he would be able to slot straight in. And nobody trains as hard as him. And having a lot of young players around, I think having that lead by example, you know, just watch. Um, you know, let's say, for example, someone like Sam Costello goes on the um, goes on the Rugby World Cup trip. Having someone like Halfpenny around to, to train with, uh, I think is, you know, you, you'll, you'll learn a lot because he is the absolute consummate professional. So having him in the camp probably breeds good habits amongst the, what I expect to be a squad made up of very young players. Also, Jed, as well, if um, if Costello does prove himself and does get selected, if he's playing 10, Halfpenny has to play 15 for the kicking. Um, well, yeah. he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to, of course, but just to take that pressure off, you know, kicking in the World Cup. Um, Costello's because Costello has a cool head, doesn't he? But it's, it's the World Cup, it's big, so mm. that would be that'd be great, wouldn't it? Just to have know that Halfpenny's Halfpenny's taking the taking the goal kicks. Um, just let him con- just let him concentrate on on his game then. Yeah, just before we go to our final break, I saw an interesting uh, stat. You know me, Dan. I love a, I love a stat. Um, you do. <laughs> um, well, I, lo- I love ones that prove points that I believe. But it was doing the rounds about the kind of the um, percentage accuracy of goal kicking since 2010, I think it was. And Halfpenny and Bigger were number one and two on the list. Um, do you know who number three was? No, no. Some, someone else who we used to mention on this show quite a lot. Not Welsh. Scottish, former Scottish captain, scrum half. No way. Laidlaw. Greg, Greg Laidlaw was number three on there. Um, I think Laidlaw. Laidlaw. You're, a, you're Laidlaw. a huge fan, aren't you? Mate, he kicked his goals. He kicked his goals, mainly because I think they're all from like a 30 metre radius. But um, Have you met Laidlaw at some sort of media thing? Because you, you no. I, I don't know why you like him so much. Um, yeah, I, I think I was just mildly obsessed when um, yeah. when they were kind of uh, choosing, you know, two tens to play for the Lions. I thought that there's an opportunity to take him as a nine, and he'll cover ten for you, which he did a lot in his early in his earlier career. Um, mm. But yeah, I, yeah, there you go, and that's why steady yeah. Eddie with the boot mate as well. Um, when we come back, which will be very very shortly, uh, we're going to take a look at um, Saturday's game. We're going to preview that, see how we um, how we think. Um, how we think Wales will get on um, and we'll round up a few other bits and pieces from the week of Welsh rugby news as well. So all of that is coming up after this very, very quick break. Right, you're with us here on the Attacking Scrum with MSG Tours, uh, our new sponsor, um, as you may have heard, if you've listened to the podcast from previously on the week, um, we are very, very excited to be heading out to France. Um, Dan and I um, uh, are going to be heading out for the Wales versus Georgia game. We're going to be doing a show live from there as well, which would be fantastic. 
uh, all thanks to MSG Tours. And if you're interested um, in coming out and joining us, then take a look at some of MSG Tours packages. All the details are on our pinned tweet at Attacking Scrum on Twitter. So you can head over there and take a look at that um, if you want to come join us. Right, Dan, two players who we haven't mentioned who I think are incredibly exciting. Um, Lewis Rees-Zamet and Rio Dyer playing on uh, playing on opposite wings. Uh, I think we saw glimpses of, of what they're capable of doing during the Six Nations. Um, do you think they're kind of, you know, obviously Josh Adams fully fit again. Is this just, you know, these boys getting a run out or do you think there is a, a thought in Gatlin's mind that is like, I'm going to go all out gas on the wings because we, you know, again, we just need that bit of X factor. Yeah, they've got real pace merchants, haven't they, out wide? You know, we have now with, um, you know, with 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 Zamit and Rio. So, yeah, there's serious competition, isn't there, for those those wing those wing positions? And Dyer, I I think, is, you know, when he first came in, it was a you know, uh, we probably didn't expect him to, you know, to go as well as he has done. And I I've, I've been so impressed with him. I know you're a big fan. I think he's um, he, he's shown that he's he knows exactly where the line is. He's deceptively strong. He breaks tackles. Um, you know, he's made his tackles. He's made a few errors, but he's going to. You know, it's a difficult position, isn't it, to defend on the wing? You know, caught out potentially positionally a few times. That happens. So I think he's been brilliant um, and has brought a lot of excitement actually to our backline. He's been he's been someone that has, has actually created a lot of the opportunities that, that we've made when we haven't made too many opportunities. So really excited to see, to see Zamit and, and Rio. Um, and then we've got other options as well. What was, uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, I'm, I, I think it's a position that's up for grabs. I think it's between those three. I think it'll be between Josh Adams, uh, Louis Rees, Zamit and, and Rio Dyer. I think they'll be the ones who go. Um, with Liam Williams kind of covering on the on the wing if you need him to for one of the fixtures, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, massive fan of Rio Dyer. He's he's kind of you're having to make a few errors at international level because um, he's kind of coming to a very unsettled side, and you know he's still very raw. I agree with you actually. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought when when he was first named in the in the side in the autumn. Um, I felt perhaps maybe Keelan Giles might have been a better a better fit because he's that bit more experienced and uh, was in very very good form for the Ospreys. But Dyer's just yeah he's he's been absolutely sensational and uh, I've said before you know he's, he's deceptively strong you know certainly for the Dragons you kind of watch him and you get in a slightly awkward position if he bumps you slightly the gas will then take you away and and he you know we're talking about X factor players I know it's going to be a lot a lot tougher at international level but he is an X factor player for me. As is Zamet, you know, we know Lucy Zamet scores outrageous tries for, for Gloucester. Again, got a lot more experience under his belt now. I would like to, I'd like to see more of it for uh, for Wales. And yeah, we know he's we know he's capable of doing it. And um, as we said a number of times, that level of gas is just something that you can't, um, you know, you can't coach it. And mm-hmm. it, there's always going to be a role for out, out and out pacing um, in international Test rugby. So. Um, so yeah, look, it's an exciting one. I really hope they go well um, at the weekend because it'd just be such a good, a good confidence boost. And we need to discover a few things that are going to raise question marks for for sides who play against us, you know. And um, whether that's whether that's um, gas on the wings or it's uh, a rejuvenated scrum or you know a, 
a rejuvenated breakdown. We're going to need to find things that that will start to um, that will start to put a bit of doubt in the mind of in the mind of the opposition. And I think these boys have got you know have got every chance of doing that. Yeah, I agree. And with them with those two breaking breaking tackles, they invariably do do break um, the first tackle, don't they? I think we look most dangerous, or we look most dangerous when we get that offload as well. So we we get you know if those two are breaking lines, then get an offload. You know, Shunza, can can we can we see him in the in in the wider channels, taking one of those offloads? Azarati is that is really really dynamic in the front row, isn't he? Corey, you know, Damachowski is as well. Um, our second rows can all handle. So yeah, those yeah. Um, as we're talking now, here I am getting uh, getting excited and probably going to struggle to sleep tonight, but <laughs> because of this. But yeah, those two. Um, come on Dyer as well. So you you sort of made a point there that he's looked really good in a non-settled side. Mm. Is he, it's a really really good point because he's not he's not come into a side which is super settled. There's been so many combinations, so many changes. It's really been really really difficult to him, and he's looked he's looked every bit the part of an international winger, isn't he? Yeah, I think he has. You know, like you say, the odd error in there, you know, is the kind of overrunning the ball from, um, I think it was in the Scotland game and, you know, very kind of laboured pass to, to Dan Bigger and um, uh, in in another in another fixture. And there have been a, a few of those errors. But otherwise, I mean, you know, try-scoring record looks absolutely superb for a winger at, at test level. And, you know, it's not like it's... it's uh, lopsided by playing a, a tier two tier three side and running in four or five tries you know he's 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 cutting his teeth against the best you know it was some very very tough fixtures in the autumn six nations is always unrelenting so for me he looks every every inch the international winger and as i say in a in a squad where we're going to need to find some x factor he's he's got it yeah agreed Right, let's just go back to this point. It's just something um, that, that Greg, Greg raised on his question, which I forgot to mention. Uh, what's more important on Saturday, performance or result? I actually think in this game, the result. Do you? Yeah, I do. I do. And I just think we it'll be massive for this young side to get the win. Get the win, and then we can look at look at things from there. It means that then we can go into that you know that uh, that next game against them is not so important. Um, you know to get that win, then we can look at maybe you know trying other things. But I do think so. Yeah, it's, it's I'd say it's a really big one to get that win. You know, at home, um, young side, give us that boost, and you know that's the game. This is the one we wanna we wanna get that win. It's interesting. I, I'm inclined to go the other way actually and say it's it's more about performance. Um, I think this is. You know, we've we've not had a, a a particularly good performance from Wales for for God knows how long. You know, there was a few green shoots against uh, against France, but in a game that we ultimately lost quite heavily. You know, a couple against a couple against Italy in a game that we in a game that we won. But for me, I think it, it's more this as we said at the top of the show. This is about finding combinations and about finding aspects of the game that work. And let's say you know. We're all getting, we're all focusing on the scrum. Let's say the scrum goes really well, for example, and we win three, three or four penalties off the scrum. How much of a boost would that be? Even if you know England bring on a load of experience off the bench and they end up, they end up winning the game. I think there's there's things like that that 
that will go a long way and say we've got something here to build on. Now, I do agree we need some wins. I think out of these three, we need to win at least one of the at least one of these games. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe you're right that this is the this is the one that you should be targeting because away at Twickenham is never easy, regardless of whether it's a a, war, a warm up game or not. And then South Africa at home as well. So. I get your point, but I, I do think that um, we kind of need something to we need something to build on here, something to get excited about. And even if that's ultimately ends in a ends in a in a narrow defeat, um, I think for me it's um, it is about finding something that we can really build on to to go into the World Cup. And also, final point on this, I think they'll still be in the in kind of beasting mode, fitness wise. I think there will there will still be. Um, uh, if not recovering, then you know, then in the midst of, uh, of the the big fitness training that goes on at the moment, and I think that that will um, that will probably show when it comes to a bit of fatigue. They are they are being primed to be in tip top physical condition for for Fiji in Bordeaux. That's the most important thing, and if that means that you know that we that we trail off a bit in this game, but but play well, then you know then I can I can kind of take that one as much as you know I, losing to the English is never fun regardless of uh, regardless of uh, <laughs> what kind of a fixture it is yeah and I I'd say that more important than everything all of what we're talking about here is to stay injury free so uh, yeah let's oh, touch yeah. that wood yeah absolutely and God, yeah we've seen some horror some horror we have these games in the past um, do you remember Morgan Stoddart broke his leg yeah and, um, oh yeah um it's horrible, yeah, isn't that it? right? There's, yeah, the game at Twickenham in eleven, and Reese Webb and, and Halfpenny in in twenty fifteen. Did we get through yeah. it last time round without any injuries? Oh no, Anscombe, Anscombe in the Anscombe, Twickenham game. Yeah, oh, we, oh. We, we've had we've had rotten luck, rotten okay. luck. So yeah, hopefully hopefully this time round we'll uh, we'll be okay. Fingers crossed. To wrap up on a few more trivial matters, Dan, uh, it will be the first airing of the. Uh, Wales Rugby World Cup shirt. I'm not sure whether we're wearing the uh, the home or the away number. Have you seen both of these shirts? Um, no, I haven't seen both of them. No, can you put it up here now? Um, I mean, I I, I can. While I'm, I really while I'm, test while I'm, your yeah, while I'm doing that, um, why don't? In fact, what I might even have to do is put it on my phone and just put it up to the camera for you, which is far from ideal. Um, while I'm doing that, that's the technology don't... I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favourite rugby World Cup shirt of Wales from the from from yesteryear? Jed, you know me. You know, <laughs> you know me and dates and things like this. So, do I? Um, favourite World Cup? Well, I, I imagine no, you no, I haven't. In all honesty, so I, 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 I know you baggy... will. Oh yeah, yeah. Probably the baggy Reebok era, like kind of World Cup '99, I think. Um, you know, just like kind of plain branded, just the the Reebok, the Reebok, yeah. Reebok logo, really baggy shirt, and then I think it was green socks, which um, which was uh, which was smart, right? Let's see. If the you Reebok can see was this. still quite a soft. It was quite a soft material, wasn't it? It wasn't the stiff cotton. It was really soft. Oh yeah, it was um, the kind of it was the like, kind of yeah the kind that you get on a supporter shirt. Yeah. 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 Right, you won't believe uh, it, but funny enough, I was going to say the Reebok one, but I know you'd be like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, no, sure, no, 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 yeah." Right? Yeah. Can you can you see that, Dan? That's the home. That's the home shirt. Yeah. Any any immediate thoughts? It's okay, isn't it? I, I <laughs> the shirts they're not they're not what they were, are they at all? You know, I just 
I don't get, ex- I, I must admit, I don't get excited by them. Do you? Yes. Uh, I mean, I never buy them at £82. You can uh, you can keep that. Thank you very much. But um, but I do get excited, but I'm a kit nerd in any in any sport. So, um, so yeah, I do for some reason. And, and this is the away one, Dan. Oh, hang on. So that's black and uh black and yellow. That's quite nice. Do you like it? No, I it, it should be it should be good. I'm not entirely convinced on the uh on the execution of it. Yeah. I was I was expecting you to bring more chat to this, Dan, if I'm honest. But yeah, I know you're clearly not interested. No, the wrong the, the wrong guy on the chat, the chat for uh chat for the shirts. Yustin would be good on shirts, I think. Well, Yustin, um, actually, interesting story on Yustin. Um yeah. good friend of the show, Yustin, who we're hoping to have on. Um, at some point during the during the Rugby World Cup, um, he actually played a role in designing one of the one of the shirts when he was working uh, when he was working with um, with a design agency. I think he helped kind of craft the. You know, they've always got like a backstory behind the shirts and where the inspiration come from. Um, I think that was the uh, the shirt that we won the Grand Slam in in 2019. So just a very kind of plain um, plain one, but with some really nice fine detailing on it. So yeah. Have a look look up that one there if you like. Oh, there um, we go. Yeah, we, we need there we go. I was right then, wasn't I? We need Justin on for this. I'll tell you what shirt I do and I've always loved is the I love the classic French old school shirts. Um if you were to push me, that would be the that would be the uh the shirt of the shirt of choice. All right. Well that seems like a, about as um about as an apt a point to finish as uh, as any Dan. Um and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, everyone who's watched along uh, online as well. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, um, hopefully we'll bring you a few more of these uh, these kind of reaction shows on Twitter and on Facebook um, throughout uh, the Rugby World Cup period. And uh, yeah, you can kind of get on and, and give us your immediate reaction kind of after the games and, and send us in your questions and stuff. So this was kind of us dipping our toe in the water. Uh, so yeah, if you've enjoyed us, let, uh, enjoyed it, let us let us know. And if you're listening to it, then um, yeah, do uh, do take a look next time round um, when we'll be kind of back to bring some uh, some kind of reaction to the game at the weekend. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining. As always, um, a final mention for our sponsors at MSG Tours. As I said, you can uh, you can join us out in France if you fancy getting stuck into uh, stuck into that and, uh, and booking a um, a last minute package over in uh, in France, particularly for that Wales Georgia game. You can check out all the details on our pinned tweet, uh, and we'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.